of Eclectic Souls. I'm Jen. And I am Jen. Yay! We're going to discuss fear. We all have it. We mm -hmm. all have something that we're afraid of. Mm -hmm. um, I guess what we should do, I don't know if you have a definition, but I've got a definition I took off um, Google. Um, it breaks it down in two little categories. One as being a noun and the other being a verb. So I'm going to read the noun part first. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. A feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. The likelihood of something unwelcome happening. A mixed feeling of dread and reverence. Then the verb is be afraid of something or someone as likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Feeling anxiety or apprehension on behalf of. Avoid or put off doing something because one is afraid, use to express regret or apology, regard, and what I mean by regard with reverence and awe, and then in a mixed feeling of dread or reverence, that's related to God and spiritual type mm -hmm. things. So did you have a definition or anything to add? I mean, I don't have a definition. I, mean, mm -hmm. I just have so my own thoughts. Okay, what's that? I mean, fear is one of those things where it it's it's typically viewed as being negative. Yes. But I mean, it does have a purpose. Yes, it does. Um, it's it's kind of like the fight or flight response. Exactly. Um, it's used for survival. So you're presented with a situation. A person, an object, something. Right. Um, and because a long time ago when you were a Neanderthal or whatever you were, um, you know, your chances of survival were very, very low. Right. So you, you would have to kind of make a, a, a kind of quick decision as to whether or not this was dangerous or are you going to survive this? Is this going to attack you? Whatever. Um, and your body was, was over time programmed to make those quick judgment calls. Right. Um, and that's essentially what fear is. I mean, that's where it comes from as far as evolution and that. And um, I think the problem with the way we deal with fear now is because we don't live in a, in a, a daily environment where we're worried about our survival all of the time. Right. Um, our bodies don't know the difference. So you'll think of things as being scary when they're not actually going to do anything to you. True. And so I think that that's kind of um, the balance that we're, we're dealing with like every day is um, you kind of have to think of it when you're presented with a situation instead of just going, oh my God, this is, I'm scared now. 
I'm just going to go run or I'm going to attack, which is what, which would be your, you know, your fight or flight response, right? Right. Um, you have to kind of think now. You kind of have to, is this going to kill me? Right. Is this really dangerous? Right. Where is this feeling that I'm getting coming from? And use a more rational approach and try to solve it like a problem instead of it being an immediate, like, I'm going to attack or I'm going to get the heck out of there. Right. So that's my roundabout definition of what fear is. A lot of people are fearing this virus. And in some aspects, you should fear it because it is something that we've never dealt with before. But what you shouldn't fear is the fact that there is so much that we can do and be mindful of each other and be respectful of each other and not let it consume us and mm -hmm. freak us out to where everybody's going hoarding everything. We're all in this together. Yeah. Don't don't fear it because people are surviving this. People are beating this. People there's a lot of people that get a few little oh a scratchy throat and maybe mm -hmm. a small fever and it's gone. What what everyone's doing right now is is applies to any situation. Any situation right. anybody goes into. Right. You have to analyze the situation. What are you actually afraid of? I don't think people are afraid of the virus, to be honest. I think they're... People are afraid of everybody else. They're yeah. afraid that they're not going to have a job. Right. They're not going to have food. Right. That's what they're afraid of. And, right. to be, and, and, and the virus, to me, is really just a side note. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's propaganda and, and scare tactics that are being used. I'm not saying people are not dying from it, but people are dying from a lot of things. Right. So, yes, people are, are afraid of, of... That's the survival part of it. Right. But there's also this other survival part of it that I think is more scary to people in the, in the short term. Right. Which is, if I don't have food, right. or I can't get the necessities that I need, right. if I don't have the, the job to come back to, even though we are getting money from the government... Right. You know... Or it, people who are working from home. Right. Maybe they're not working full hours. Maybe right. they're not getting all of their hours. Maybe they might not have a job after, you know, people are, you know. And some don't have a job right now. And they might not have a job when this is all over. Right. So now you kick in your brain and you start thinking about it rationally. What am I going to do? And that's where the things that you said can't come into play. Right. Okay. Which is, you know, be mindful of your actions what you're doing because if you are being feeding into the fear and you're going oh my god i'm you know i i'm going to start hoarding things because i'm not going to have this or that or um you know i'm going to start telling everybody just just start venting and start posting like on social media all of my fears you're feeding into that mentality right. you have to act like the person you want everyone else to be yeah so let's use it. Let's use another situation because I want to broaden yeah. this out because obviously let's say this is two years from now and somebody's listening to this podcast. They're probably not going to care right. about this particular situation. Well, funny that you brought that up <laughs> because, um, while I was trying to, I, I wanted to have some type of content yeah. for this because, mm -hmm. um, we all have beers and, I found a um, a posting on the internet um, via a psychological point, and 
one thing caught my eye and it was called the top 10 fears. Mm -hmm. And so these are fears that a lot of human beings around the world deal with, mentally speaking. So um, one of them is fear of open spaces. And I think you pronounce that angoriaphobia. These people are afraid of open spaces and they're so afraid of open spaces that it gives them some severe anxiety to where it makes them want to stay in their home and never leave their home. Mm -hmm. So that's like, how do they live? You know, how do they, how do, how do they get themselves out of that situation? You know, and what I found hard when I was reading this is like, that's like making yourself feel trapped, mm -hmm. you know, and excluding yourself from life. Yeah. And um, then I thought about it when I was reading this, that I actually, I, I'm a gamer. Mm -hmm. I play League of Legends. There is a gentleman that I have played with off and on who came out and told me that he he had this mm -hmm. being an introvert i don't mind being alone but i will take myself outside i yeah. will go out and do things i'll go hang with my friends and everything but for someone to shut themselves completely in and not want to be around other people because it really gave them such bad anxiety that they couldn't do with this that's heartbreaking for me another phobia Fear is a fear of heights, which I have. So does Brian. I'm petrified of heights. I, I don't know how... I, and I suffer with vertigo and I get dizzy, but I don't know how anyone... So I have a story about this, though. Okay. So Brian is afraid of heights. Okay. Um, and the reason why he's afraid of heights is because of a dream. Seriously? Yeah. So he's had this recurring dream for, gosh, probably as long as I've known him. I, I can't even remember. I mean, he's had this, and I've known him for like 25 years. I don't even know. Uh-huh. Um, and this dream is that he is like, I think he's in London. And it's like maybe the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And he is in the, this, this Victorian house, and he's on the balcony, and someone pushes him off the balcony, and he dies. And he has this recurring dream. So we've talked about it numerous times. And our theory is, is that that's how he died in a past life. Yeah, that's what I was and, getting ready to say. And it's so, and that's life. why he has this like horrible fear of, of heights. Because right. he's afraid that somebody's going to come and push him off the balcony. Aww. And so this little, our little inside joke is we don't know who it is. But it's got to be somebody that we know, you know, from a past life. So we always joke about, like, who is it, you know? Oh, But I was going to say that. <laughs> that that's from yeah. a past life. But, um, no, I, I've i never been... Um, I guess the first time I realized I was afraid of heights is that... I, I told you the story about when I would go visit my Oma. They had a pool there, and I would go swimming. Well, they had two low dives... And they had one high dive. And I want, I could jump off the low dive with no problem. Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to try the high dive out. Well, I climbed all the way up there. And as I'm climbing up, I made a mistake of looking down. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so I was, like, so close to the top. They are like, Jenny, just keep going to the top. And I got up to the top. And then I'm, like, I'm standing there. And mm -hmm. I'm like, they go, go ahead. Try. Walk out there. 
And I'm like, nope. I got to where I could see, like, not on the dive, but the end of the platform. And I was like, oh, hell no. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm like, someone please come and get me down off of here. And I want to get down. I want to get down. I want to get down. And the lifeguard was like, nope, you're going to have to jump because we will come up. We will support you. But it's really difficult to come back down when you've got all these people in line to jump off of it. It, it, was, it was really scary. But the one lifeguard climbed up there. So I'm already on his back and he jumps off the freaking high dive mm -hmm. and into the water we go. Mm -hmm. Scared the crap right out of me. <laughs> so, but I would never do it again. It, it literally, I no, I don't want it. I, I, nope, 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 nope. So, and then another phobia is fear of flying. Hmm. Um, you know, they don't want to get on commercial flights, right. even though there's 100,000 commercial flights a day around the world right. and but people seriously yeah. have a fear and I had the fear in the first time I ever flew in an airplane because of that fear was when I was 30 years old when I flew out here so I cured that by flying so mm -hmm. it didn't doesn't bother me anymore my um my neighbor uh-huh who's well there I have my my two neighbors but right. they're a married couple uh-huh they're from Poland the wife uh-huh She's afraid of flying, like severely afraid of flying to the point, and she travels all the time, but they have to because they, they all their family is in Poland. Right. Um, but it's funny because she's like, she travels, like she, she grew up in, Nor um, in um, Sweden. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, she's traveled all over the place, like long international flights. Right. But she's so deathly afraid of flying that she actually has, the doctor actually has to give her a pill to knock her completely out for like 12 hours. Oh my God, it's terrible. <laughs> now, another phobia, mm -hmm. which I have to this day, claustrophobia. I have a fear of enclosed spaces. Mm -hmm. I do not, if, if the elevator is somewhat full, I uh -huh. will not get on it. And okay. when we were in that elevator at Super M concert, yeah. and I was in the back with you, I don't know if you noticed, but I was swaying. No. Because I oh. was like, why did this person just block my exit? Because oh. she stood in front of me. Oh. And I'm like, I'm going to tackle people if I can't get on this elevator. I don't like closed-in spots. Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't like it. Don't like it. Another phobia I have, I fear of insects. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, what could it possibly be? So I don't like small, crawly ones that could often bite. I, I'm petrified of spiders, but I am allergic to spiders. I am allergic to bees. Um, spiders that actually are venomous make me sick. Um, like black widows. I've been mm -hmm. bitten by two of them. I was sick for days on end. Not good. Allergic to anything that stings and bites. So ants, bees. I'm like, yep. Wasp. No, thank you. Oh, God. Wa no, oh, my God. Wasp can sting you up to nine times. Yeah, I'll be dead. <laughs> I, w I wouldn't say that I I'm afraid I'm not I don't wouldn't say I have a phobia of insects I, if if somebody threw insects on me I'd scream I'd scream and I would like run around like a crazy but person. I don't I'm not afraid of them so like if if there was a spider and I'm just it's there I'm not I'm not it doesn't make me like I don't get any reaction to it it's just like if you threw like if there was a jumping cockroach and the jumping cockroach came at me mm -hmm. then I would scream 
wasps, scorpions, I bees, I don't like those at all. Yeah. But uh, but in general, I, I wouldn't say that I have a fear of insects. No, I, I do. And you better pray to God there's never a spider in your house because you will hear me hit a high-pitched voice well, screaming. I guess you're fine so far. Yes. Because you haven't screamed. I will scream bloody murder for someone to come kill it. I don't like spiders. I do not like spiders at all. I don't like any creepy crawly thing. What about scorpions? No, fuck no. no, Excuse my French. Sorry about that. okay. But I do not like scorpions at all. I was actually at a friend's house and one was above my bed that was crawling on the ceiling. And I'm like, what is that? And you know it could just go bloop. I know, right? I'm glad I saw it before I even got in bed. They had to kill it and take it out of the house. Well, you're safe here because if there's a scorpion anywhere near Brian, it'll go to him. Really? Yeah, because he's been stung twice. And he had a scorpion crawl over his leg all different times. Oh. It didn't sting him, but he kept his foot still. Oh, my and God. And it crawled over his foot. Not here. Oh. When we, before we were married. That, that makes me sick just thinking about it. Oh, my God. No, I don't mind butterflies. I don't mind ladybugs. I don't well, yeah, mind the prettier cute, things. Pretty. But I even like um, praying mantis. I think they're beautiful. But just not on you. No, I will hold that on my hand. Oh, Oh, okay. But anything that's creepy crawly, that's ugly, that's vicious, (laughs) that I know that will freaking Mm -hmm. hurt me, I don't want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. And the moths that like to dive bomb you (laughs) when you're like out on the cicadas. Oh, I'm like, "Ah, go away, (laughs) go away, go away. (laughs) Oh, another phobia snakes. (laughs) I don't. You you had a snake visitor at your front door, didn't you? Yeah, I would say I probably hate those more than the bugs. <laughs> okay, so Jen came home one night, or no, was it your mom that came? Yeah, it was my mom. I was her. Her mom was came home, and there was a snake out in front of the front door. And the time Jen got home, it was gone. Well, when I was sixteen years old, I was walking. In, in a wooded area along a creek. Well, I was walking. I was collecting the different colored leaves and everything. This is on the East Coast. We actually have seasons there. And this huge six-foot black snake was hanging in the tree like right in front of me. Something told me to look up. And I looked up and this damn thing dropped out of the tree and onto the ground in front of me. I've never ran and sprinted so fast in my life. <laughs> I almost ran through the creek <laughs> to get away from the damn thing. I got to the water's edge and I was like, oh my God, that's water. I'm not running through there. So you're not going to hold the snake? <sighs> no. <laughs> my mom has hold, held snakes before. No. No. No, 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 no. I don't want to hold them. I don't want to pet them. I don't want to touch them. I don't want to do it. When I don't I, want to feed them a rat. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I don't know who had this bright idea, but they had all these different classes come into the library, and the library had this, like, st- step thing that went down, and there was, like, this big enclosed area that you could sit in, mm-hmm. and they brought a guy that had snakes. And they were all inside and they were just all over the place in this library. I was just like, I was like nowhere near there. I was like up at the top part of it. 
And, and all the kids are in there, like, holding the snake. I was just like, no, this is like an absolute nightmare. No, I would have freaked. <laughs> I, I I would have passed out. That would have been it. Somebody would have had to call 911. <laughs> Another phobia. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have this. I actually have a friend that has this phobia, fear of dogs. Um, someone I grew up with, she was bit really bad by a dog when she was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And that fear of being, I mean, the dog was a big dog. Yeah. And she is just totally petrified of dogs. She doesn't like to be around them. She doesn't. Oh, yeah. If she saw one, when we were like, because we lived in town. And if we were walking down to the um, convenience store or something like that, and she saw a dog, she would literally cross the street if it was on the same side as us, or have a death grip on my arm when we were walking in case the dog ran across the street at us. Mm -hmm. So that was number seven. So number eight, fear of storms. I don't know who would have fear of storms. I love storms. I don't fear storms. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know of anybody that has a fear of storms. Yeah, it's like the thunder would make their hearts race and they just had a problem dealing with the lightning, thinking the lightning would Mm -hmm. hurt them and everything. I mean, I could see, I guess, if maybe something happened like at some point in your life when there was a storm happening, maybe you associate something negative with the storm. I could see that, but I I don't know anybody that. Yeah, I don't know either. Now, I have this one. Number nine, fear of needles. And I have that because when I was five years old, a nurse stabbed me really bad in the arm. I even have a scar from it with a needle because she was trying not to let me see. And this is back in the day when they used the really big, like, Mm. metal-type glass-encased syringes that were fatter Mm. and around, like what we saw in um, Outlander. Those type of needles to give me a vaccination when I was five years old, Mm -hmm. and she jabbed it in my arm. So... Is your fear so bad that, like, when you see a needle, you have a reaction? Um, I've actually broken out hives. Just just by looking at the needle? Looking at it. I can't watch them draw blood from me. I have to turn Could you it. watch somebody else give blood? No. Okay. I just don't like it. Now, blood doesn't bother mm-hmm. but the needle yeah, is the what needle. bothers me. Yeah, the needle. So it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's being used on you or not. Like, yeah. just watching anybody or and, the needle yeah. in general is yeah. just... Yeah. It, it was difficult as a single mom... With a little baby mm-hmm. and having them get, well, having my son get his inoculations in, mm-hmm. or a shot because he had to have stitches in his head, I think at five years old, and knowing that they had numb and everything and they had to put him on a papoose. The papoose freaked me out and knowing I couldn't, I could not even be in the room with my kid because I was starting to want to throw up because... They brought the needle out there, and I was like, whoa, I can't deal with this. And I would say I've gotten better about it in the past two years. because, And I could say that is because I started giving myself my own insulin injections where I never had to do it. But it was an EpiPen or a pen yeah, that yeah. I used. And I had to start giving my own, myself my own mexotrexate injections. So I am a little more easier with the needles because I was doing it myself. 
but I don't have to use those anymore. I'm no longer a diabetic, so I don't have to test my blood or anything like that anymore, thank God, because <laughs> I've lost so much weight. But um, no, still when I go get blood drawn, and I get an allergy shot once a week. I The sight of a needle doesn't bother me. It's just if it has to do with me, and I, I know that they're going to give me the needle, that it Well, if you me. ever had fluid drained off your knee before and mm. the really long needles that they use yeah i, yeah. I, I passed out on oh i would one. pass out if they were going to do it to me yeah but if just it was the, someone else it wasn't it wasn't the fact that they were actually literally draining oh, oh, it yeah, yeah it yeah. was the needle and yeah I that said, doesn't bother me yeah. at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean, they would look, when I would get blood, they mm -hmm. would not give blood, but when they would do my lab work, yeah. I had to lay down to have mm -hmm. the blood work done because I'd get dizzy and pass oh. out. Yeah, I was bad. I was really horrible. The biggest phobia was, uh, it, uh, up to one in 20 people actually have this is social phobia. That's me. I just... I like small groups of people when you have to interact with people. So like when you're actually having to be social, I like less. <laughs> less people is better for me. So I don't like a large amount of people where they're, you're expecting to do something when you're trying to interact. Um, people are interacting with you, you're interacting with them, or they're at least expecting you to interact with them. That's where my social phobia lies. Mm. See, I, I don't like large crowds. I'll handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Like, when we went to the concert, um, I was okay because we were away from most of the crowd, but yeah. had, I, had we been back mm -hmm. up where everybody was, I would have started freaking out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. because being in a crowd like that and not having... But that might be your claustrophobia there. It could have been because not having that escape. Yeah. Because if I'm stuck in the middle of the aisle and I'm yeah. not on the end, that freaks me out. See, like, for me, like, being in, a, like, a, that concert, for example, uh -huh. I was perfectly fine. Like, bother me in the slightest. We could have been in the middle of everything, and I would have been fine. Because nobody is expecting to interact with me, and maybe the, my neighbor would talk to me, or you would talk to me. That's fine. But as soon as, like, somebody on stage calls you up, and they're just like, okay, hi, and they pull you on stage, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> then the whole situation changes. Because now it's gone from I am passive, I am here, whatever, everyone's just here, to now I am forced to now perform or interact with these people. And everybody, there's too many people there right. viewing it. Right, right. So that's, that's what I'm I'm that issues. person that, like, if you're in, even if it's, like, a social setting of even, um, like, a party, and I'm that person that sits on the couch or sits away from everybody, and uh -huh. I don't interact with people unless they interact with me first i don't normally yeah. talk especially if i don't know you yeah i i would rather be left alone and mm -hmm. that's just me i i i'm like yeah i'm here i but it is draining and i think that's one of the reasons why i don't particularly like social situations like that um when there's too many people because you're basically now absorbing all of the energy of all of these people now that right. you're interacting and it's just it's not it's not a comfortable feeling and i get bored easily too we tend to like more um intellectual yes social situations right. 
And I'm not saying that we don't find humor and other, you know, certain situations, you right, know, right. amusing and other things. Right. But just, you know, when you have like a party, let's say, of people, and maybe you know some people and you don't know everybody there. When you're trying to interact, I have really no interest in interacting with all those people. Right. Because I... I, I really and I know this is gonna sound mean, but I just really don't care. Like I know I'm not gonna know you like two days from now. Right. So why do I want to waste talk my to you? time? <laughs> right. It, and so it's like, and then I feel awkward because it's like you're just kind of forced. Like these people will come around, and you're like forced to have to interact with these people and pretend that you want to like interact with them. And right. and you know that some of these people you're probably not gonna like, or you just you don't like their attitude, or you don't like their personality. <laughs> I know I sound right. so negative, but that's the truth. It's I I I want conversation right, I that has depth to it that I know that I'm going right. to enjoy that I'm I like right. this person that um we share the same values right um because I I'm not one of those really bold people where like if I don't agree with somebody I, and a bunch of people I'm going to be like well I don't agree with you you know what I mean right. I'm going to end up being really diplomatic about it and faking that I'm okay I, with what they have to say and that's very draining yeah yeah it is <laughs> it is and speaking of other parties, like when you guys had your New Year's Eve party, I actually had more fun at that party. I, I, I'll, one is probably because of the energy of the home as it is. I was with you guys. But everyone that came into the house had more of a friendlier feel about them. It's because we didn't throw a random party. Like right. most people, when they throw a party, they're just, they'll just, anybody's invited. Like just, you know, we know you and your friend knows so-and-so and we're going to invite them. When, when we throw parties, we just invite, we only invite people who are actually friends. Not, we're not going to allow somebody random to come in to the party. Like we know these people really, right. really well. So we know that. The energy, we get along with them. We have similar values. And so typically, if if me and Brian have similar values and our friends have similar values, that means that our friends will understand our friends because they all have similar values. Right. So you just you just know that the energy will be better. It was a fun party. Yeah. I had fun. So. <laughs> and, you know, when, and then when you add <clears throat> the drinking on top of it, it just... Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and I, I only had fun. one drink, but I was the bartender, so it's, I got everybody drunk. It's so much more fun when you're sober and everyone else is drunk. Yeah, I know. And it, the people who don't normally hug people hug everybody. <laughs> and, you know, it was karaoke going on, you know, and a gentleman that I didn't even know that I met that night. Wanted to have a photo taken with me. I don't even know who he is. I've not seen him since yeah. then, you know. And and to have him sing in Korean was freaking awesome. And yeah. so it was a fun night. And it's like, okay, it's, you want my picture? Right? Uh, well, I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> Just come on, girl. <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, it's like, I don't like to have my picture taken. But I went ahead and did it with him yeah. because he was nice. He was bubbly, you know. He was fun to be around. So, but it's it's a comfortable, yeah, safe situation. Yes, like like yes, I didn't is. I don't I mean I know every I knew everybody at the party. Right. But a lot of those people were Brian's friends. I don't know them extremely well. Right. But I didn't feel uncomfortable right. at all. Right. Right. Because you knew it was safe. You knew that nobody was gonna 
be do, stupid. Be stupid. You knew that nobody was going to be mean. Right. You know, and so it's it's just a different feeling. Right. And it was it was awesome. So there's all these different fears, and not everybody has a, a phobia or a fear, but they may not be suffering with it at this time, no. or they may have had something in the past. But I found a few other little facts, um, and like you said earlier, the flight. Flight or fight. Um, in all humans and all animals, the purpose of fear is to promote survival. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely a given. One of my favorite um, fear um, memes or fear analysis, however you want to look at it, is that you could view fear two ways, which is also like fight or flight. Fear everything and run. Or face everything and rise. Did you know that all humans, and this is psychologically proven, mm -hmm. all humans are born with two fears. Mm -hmm. Naturally. The fear of falling mm -hmm. and the fear of loud sounds. Because you figure when we are... In the womb, mm -hmm. it's a confined space. Mm -hmm. We're floating. Yeah. It's comfort. There's, you know, we're not worried about. It. Once we come out of that, because everything is muffled and everything we yeah. do in there as well. So when you come out of that, and you come into this world, that's one reason why they swallow ba swaddle babies. Mm -hmm. And when you hold them, if you don't hold them close, they start crying. Mm -hmm. because they're afraid you're going to drop them. Mm -hmm. So that's a fear of falling. They're literally afraid that you're going to drop them because they're used to being in a nice, confined mm -hmm. little area. And they're also afraid of loud noises because everything is muffled in there. It's stuff that they're not used to using. Or I should say they're not used to hearing. So what um, fear do you think um, that you have that is not on the list? that um, you think affects your life the most? Um, or maybe there's nothing. Maybe there's nothing. Um, mm. Failure. Failure at what? Just in general? Um, relationship. It still bothers me. Ever since I was 18 up until now, any relationship I ever had may have only lasted three months. Nine times out of ten is because I got bored with it. Um, I'm a go-getter mm -hmm. to a point. I mean, I used to work two, three jobs. Mm -hmm. Because I, I have to stay focused. I, well, active. Mm -hmm. I have to stay active. Um, if I was dating someone that wasn't giving me what I was giving them, then I would lose interest. Because if I'm giving you attention and right. I'm giving you um, my time, I expect to get it back. Right. I expect that... 
if you cannot give it to me, that you would at least express that to me. Like, if you had to work extra hours or something was bothering you or something to that aspect. Um, so I would just move on or I would push them away. I would physically do things to push them away. Did you talk to them about it? About how you were feeling and... Yes. Okay. But they would tell me things that I would, that would make me go, what? You know, what the hell are you saying? And I'm like, no, I'm not, that's not it at all. Okay. I like museums. I like art. Mm -hmm. I like operas. I like movies. Mm -hmm. I like music. This is stuff I like to do. You don't like to do that, or you don't want to go here, or you don't want to go there. I am not going to stay with someone, right? And you know, I'm telling myself who can't at least compromise, right? You know, if I'm gonna go do things that you want to go do, and it may not be my cup of tea, but I'm going because I'm supporting you, I would want that back. And if you can't give it back to me, then why am I here? And, and then I would go months, years without dating someone, at least a good year or two, because Virgo, I'm analyzing what I did wrong, but I was never putting all the puzzle pieces together in between every time I try again. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was always raised that, you know, men want women who can cook, who can clean, who could do this, who could do that. But is that really you? Because the stuff not, that you listed, the stuff right. that you listed before is, right. you, is you. Right. Not but, what's expected but, of you. Right. But I do love to cook. Yeah. I wanted to be a chef. Mm-hmm. So I have the skills. So I can cook. But And, and that's something I like to do. Mm-hmm. When I was dating a guy, I would even just show up at his job with food right. for him. And I he didn't have to cook me a meal if he didn't want to, but I would at least want more than just, oh, thanks, you know. Yeah. You know. Well, it should never be an obligation, right? Right. Even if somebody's good at something or likes to do something, you can't expect it like it's like their job to do something. Right. And I always do things from love. So if I'm going to make you food and take it there, I did it because I wanted to. Mm Mm-hmm. And just so as it was going on and going on and every relationship I ever freaking had. And then after I got married and I started analyzing this why I've been alone is because there is no one out there that I have found yet that enjoys the same things that I do or even close to what I like to do and be on the same intellectual level mm-hmm. and or possibly the same spiritual level. It's, yeah, so, it's because when you are dating people who are not, not, not wanting to broaden their knowledge mm-hmm. and don't have the same things in common knowledge wise with you, it's hard to keep a conversation. I get bored easily if I can't, I need depth. 
I need someone to hold a conversation with me that can enlighten each other and show who we really are deep down inside. And I was never getting that with any relationship I've ever had. So I often wonder if because of who I was, was that why I was bailing out of a relationship? Because I always seem to pick guys either based on looks or based on the fact that they approached me first. And I didn't take the time to ask the right questions to avoid the downfall. Mm -hmm. So you weren't looking for those things in the beginning. No, now I am. Now I, I don't want to waste my time with just mm -hmm. Joe Schmo. You know, I want, I, I want a connection with someone, mm -hmm. an instant connection with someone. But right now, you're, you said you had the, you have a fear of failing. Yeah. So it's almost like you're saying that you're almost afraid to be in any relationship because you're afraid it's going to fail. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to make the same mistake again. I'm afraid that I'm afraid that if I allow someone in, that maybe I read them wrong and I'll be back to square one again. Because I've cultivated my life so much to come away from that to hopefully that now I'm wiser and smarter that I know the red flags and warnings and stuff that I don't fall into that trap anymore. Because I, I want a lasting relationship. I don't want to give someone three months, six months, two years, six years of my life and then it doesn't work. And I don't think I'll ever get married again unless... I mean, there's always a risk. That's there, just the way it is, but yeah. Well, yeah, but unless there's a much more concrete foundation underneath us, mm -hmm. and it, we don't have to have everything in common, but at least be willing to accept each other. There is something, though, that I have noticed. What? You do tend to like distance with guys. You, you tend to really feel comfortable with that. So you you will, because you are very compassionate and you like, you, you want to give everything. You, you, you want to give. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I noticed that the more you can keep distance, the more you tend to give. So I don't know if that also, this is something I've just noticed since I've, I've known you. Obviously, I haven't known you through all those relationships. So I'm right. not sure if maybe that's how you ended up getting into those rela bad relationships because typically when you end up giving and giving, the less that person gives out, you start giving more and you start giving more Maybe. and you just keep sticking around. Maybe. I because, I mean, even, even, even with Michael and that whole situation, yeah. I mean, he was just completely standoffish. You know, he wasn't giving you anything that whole time. And I, I just remember because I was there right, when right. that was going on and I was just kind of thinking to myself in the back of my head, like, why is she even giving him the time of day? You know, she, you just kept giving and giving and giving and I was just like, <laughs> you know, I you know. need, you need to get out of this. You know what I mean? And I right. don't know if maybe that that's just the old classic you, which is like, you Probably. know, and, and that's... thinking that that's going to make well, them want, like, I'm going to give more, so maybe they're going to give, you know well, what I mean? And, or maybe maybe you just feel safer because they're more distant. I I don't I don't know. Like maybe there's maybe. A, you you feel like because you're afraid of failing that mm -hmm. like okay if they're if they're making themselves more distant I feel more comfortable. But in reality, when the more distant they are, that's not good. No. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe. 
It's the whole, like, victim mentality, too, that's really common. People people who tend to be extremely compassionate, like you, mm-hmm. like Alex, for example. Yes. They, they, their, their main problem is that they fall for people who look at themselves as being victims. And then you end mm-hmm. up spending your entire life taking care of somebody who doesn't give a crap about you. Yes. And, yes. and then you're, then you're having to tell this person, you know, Hey, what about yourself? Like, it doesn't matter what this person's doing. This person has their own life. It doesn't matter if you feel sorry for them, if they've, you know, they could have had the worst possible things happen to them. That's sad, but that doesn't give them the right to treat you like crap. Right. You know, they, you know, you're there for them. You, they need to be there for you. And if they're not going to do that, you need to walk away. Right. Yeah. So, here I am again. <laughs> Learning quicker yeah. from my mistakes. <laughs> Much quicker. <laughs> so, is there, is there anything that you outside of that that might be afraid of something? Um, I guess... I mean... Yeah, I mean, I have like a, a fear like that, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not really like a ma- like a major like in really in depth thing. Like, obviously, I have the fear of things coming at me, really? um, which most people associate with dogs, but it actually is it's just a general fear. It's just it typically happens with animals more than anything else, and because dogs tend to do it more, right? It just looks that way. But I actually have a fear of um, when when something actually comes at me. And it's like comes towards my face. And that came, comes from um, a, a memory that I actually don't even remember anymore. When I was three, um, a German shepherd actually tried to attack me when I was three. And so um, they did, it didn't bite me or anything because my mom was there. Right. Um, and she was able to step in. But it bothered me so much because I was so small and this dog was so big right. that I just have this, this innate fear of, if something so which quickly just lunges at me, yeah. I I freak out, and so now it's at the point where it's like, you know, dogs for example, because that's what dogs do. Like, right. unless they're very they well jump, trained, right. I just know that if there's a dog that's not being watched, that I have to be on alert. I'm not afraid of the dog. Like, I love dogs. I grew up with dogs. Whatever. Um, it's just I know that that's what's going to happen, and so I have to prepare myself either to get away from the situation or to tell the person or whatever. Um, but it's not dogs. I mean, it happens on anything, I, even with cats. Um, it, I, I, I'm okay a little bit better with cats because usually if you're standing, mm-hmm. cats are not necessarily, they're, they're not going to come lunging at you. It's no, not they'll a common, just crawl around your feet. Right. That, like I said, yeah. that, that, that doesn't bother me. Right. But if you're sitting and a cat actually jumps towards me, I will freak the heck out. Again, mm. it's a fear of something coming at me. Um, so if a person did that, it would be the same thing. It's just right. people don't tend to do that unless you're being, you know, attacked. And then you should be afraid. But, you know, so... But, but I mean, going back to, like, like your fear of failure, I guess uh-huh. the only other thing I could think of would be fear of rejection. That's probably, like, my biggest fear that, like, affects me on a daily basis. That's funny that you say that, too. I think that's that pretty much everything that I'm afraid of in general is that. The social anxiety even stems from that a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm i afraid that people are just going to hate me. That's 
everything that I do. The reason why I don't like social media, the reason why I don't like social situations, the reason why I don't like putting myself out there, the reason why I don't particularly like performing. I It's just all about rejection. I don't want to be put on display and, and yeah. being criticized and yeah. ridiculed. and. Well, no one wants to be. No, but I have a fear of it. Yes. Oh, I'm, like, I, 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 can't, I can't handle it at all. I can't handle it at all, which is why I've never really pursued anything because I know deep down that I would not be able to handle it and I don't know what my life would be like. I would be spiraling out of control. Like, I just couldn't do it. When... So, growing up, I was very, very different as a young kid. Um, I was very outgoing. Um, I was very... Um, I mean, I was very artsy. I was musical. I would dance all over the house. I could be alone for periods of time. I was very lively, like Mm -hmm. really pleasant. Like, um, and I had a lot of friends and I loved social situations. Um, and then when I got to elementary school, I had to wear glasses. Oh my God. And kids are the cruelest. Um, and ever since then, and this was, you know, this was a long time ago. This Now glasses are trendy and everybody wants to wear glasses. And mm-hmm. I just think to myself, really? Yeah. Um, but at the time, this was not a good thing to be having. And no. this was like, I had headgear and all this crap at that Aww. time. And yeah, people made fun of me. And... Kids are cruel. Yeah. They really are. Mm-hmm. And at, from then on, I just, I just completely closed myself off from people. Mm-hmm. I just, uh. I don't open up. I don't. Uh, I'm. I'm afraid of rejection, really. Wow. And I think it's because it it showed me like a fake. Like it shows me how society really was, right? Right. Where you you're like this. You're, you're you're. This is your true self, and everybody thinks you're wonderful, and and then it's just that one little thing, and everybody just hates you. Yeah, that sucks balls. You know. So it makes it hard to trust people in general. That's how I view society. I view society as everybody just cares about appearances. They don't care about. Evidently, they don't. They don't really evidently. care about you. Right, and that's sad, because that's why that's this true. world is so fucked up. And it's, yeah. I mean, I don't. So I guess that's you know the whole fear of rejection because it's like you're. They're not giving an opportunity to see you. They're just. They're basing everything off of what they see. So what was that poem that I wrote or the thing that I read um, about? Getting to know someone that, oh my God, what podcast was it? It makes me think of that right now with you, with this story, because we're, someone will come along, I'm going to have to find it and share it again, but someone will come along because they hear the music, Mm -hmm. but they stay because they listen to the lyrics. They want to get to know the lyrics. So... Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not people. I mean, there obviously right, there are right. people that de- generally want to get to know people. Right. But for the most part, the general population just bases their opinions and their feelings on just clearly what they see. Right. And they don't really look at some, like the bigger picture of, of a person. Looks are not everything. Because no. Because they fade over no. time. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with basing things on looks because that's instinctual. Right. People react to... How what they see in, in right. any situation. Right. So it's just, you can't base an entire situation no. or your feelings on just that. Because you it's have just... to look at everything as well and right. go, okay, it, it, is this all adding up? Because it's, it's just a cover. Right. Because the cover may be beautiful and handsome and everything, 
But if the inside doesn't hold a candle to that, then it's empty. It, it's it's right. Not it's there's no fruit to it. My insides are talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also it goes the other way too. You right. know, it's. Just because something uh, appears to be a certain way doesn't mean that that's really how you feel about something. Right. So, I mean, we're all, we're all a bit mysterious. We're all a bit unique. Mm -hmm. We all have different layers of deafness, deafness to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah when it's freaking it's... 1.30 in the morning... <laughs> Sorry, we I haven't even done our affirmations. Yet. I know, it, you know, <laughs> it, it's like you, you, your thought process goes out the window. You know what's really sad? What? Speaking of that situation, but so in like I, that happened in elementary school, mm -hmm. and so then when I got to middle school, I decided that I wanted to fit in with all the popular people. So I actually would go to school without my glasses, and I couldn't see for three years. Oh my god, that's terrible. And you, you know what, what happened? What? Everybody loved me. Everybody loved you. I was right back where I was. But you couldn't see. I had a boyfriend, everything. But you couldn't see. I couldn't see. But that's how badly it affected me. Oh my god, that's terrible. Oh, that's, that's so terrible. <laughs> it's terrible that you had to go through school for three years... Just so you felt like you fit in. I see. I I already knew I didn't fit in. I mean, I got tired of it, and when I got to high school, I just couldn't keep it up anymore because I couldn't see. Right. And I ended up just going back. I reverted back to just. I just well, can't keep this crap up anymore. Glasses then. No. Outlet. No. No. This was in the. Oh my the god. The '90s. This was in the mid '90s. I mean, this. No. Oh, you should have seen the glasses I wore in high school. Well, it's probably about the same. <laughs> Hideous. Mine were pretty hideous. Mine were these. Now big, they're now they're, they're like there's all trendy and crap. They were purple and they were massive. Oh yeah, know, mine but, were massive. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, just, anyway, this is yeah. This we're is kind of depressing and depressing. Yeah, and it also. is. So, did you write your affirmation? I did. Okay. So, <laughs> what was your affirmation? Fear is the looking glass world you see in the mirror. Be like Alice. Step into Wonderland. That's interesting. That's actually pretty good. I couldn't think of one to save my butt. <laughs> I finally wrote it yesterday, but it is nothing like what I've ever written before. So it's not a poem. It's not a poem. Oh, okay. It, it, it's two lines, basically. To live in fear is forgetting to live. That's true. That's basically uh, that, that is true, because you, you can't do it. Yep. It doesn't exist. So hopefully all of you out there who have fears and phobias that take one day at a time, work through them, talk anything that you need to get off your chest out with someone, whether mm -hmm. it be a friend, a counselor, a psychologist. Don't be afraid to seek counseling if you need it because it doesn't, it, it, trust me, it's a good thing. Um, just stay positive. Um... Try not to run from things too much. And try to embrace life. So, if you have any comments, please leave them below. 
or <laughs> wait a minute. Is this YouTube? I'm so tired. <laughs> well, if you have any comments, please leave them <laughs> on our Instagram or um on our website <laughs> because it's too late and I can't think. <laughs> but please, please, uh, just take care of yourselves. Take care of your health. Be safe. Be happy. And uh, stay positive. We'll all get through this. We're all in it together. Mm -hmm. So, peace. Bye, everybody. Much love. See ya. <laughs> and if you would like to contact us, you may do so at our email, eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram account is Eclectic Soul Podcast. Our Facebook is eclecticsoul.org. Our YouTube is Eclectic Soul. And our website is eclecticsoul.org. Jen? If you want to reach me, my personal website is musicandmystery.com. My SoundCloud is the SoundCloud page, the soundcloud.com slash Jennifer-Feltman. My Facebook is at Music and Mystery. And my Instagram is at Music and Mystery. And if you would like to reach me personally, my Facebook is at Just Call Me Jinjin. My Instagram is at Call Me Jinjin or Look for Goddess. And my Twitter is at Jen Sullivan. Thank you and have a blessed day. Blessed be.